I'm Minifa Tilburg for Bears News. South Africa has 2,900 soldiers fighting in the Democratic Republic of the Congo since December last year. They are part of a South African Development Community, or SADC, standby force. This deployment that South Africa committed to will cost the country a whopping 2 billion rand. And we have Professor Abel Esther Hazen of the Department of Strategic Studies in the Faculty of Military Science at Stellenbosch University in the business studio to discuss this. Hi, Prof. Um, thanks for joining us. Good to have you. Thank you. Okay, can you get, start by giving us an outline of why South African troops are in the DRC? Well, it's difficult to digest and work through what precisely is uh, the South African national interest that's at stake in the DRC. Um, Government is framing this uh, against the background of international and African stability, um, against the background of the the withdrawal of the UN peacekeeping forces from the DRC. Uh, We've been in the DRC for the last 20 years, And without much strategic effect, I should say, I mean, the UN forces, we've seen about 17,000 UN uh, peacekeepers, not peacekeepers, about 12,000 of the 17,000 was uh, uh, peacekeepers. Um, But um, yeah, it's difficult to see through the bold up to where we are today, what precisely motivate government to sustain the South African uh, military involvement in the DRC and precisely what interest there is for South Africa. Of course, there's the bigger order interest of security in Africa. Of course, there's a bigger order interest of, um, you know, SADC security. And of course, we all have an interest in the security of Africa. But the closer you come to asking the question about South African interest in the DRC, uh, the more you are searching in vain for answers. Yeah, well, if it seems to be the same kind of policy to that of NATO. When one gets attacked, the others are committed to a- a- attack as well. But if you look at the DRC, it's actually relatively geographically far from us. Is there really? Is it really relevant for us to need to go into the DRC to go and protect our interests? Well, I think there's a lot of questions hanging in the air about the political motivation about South African interests. And precisely because it is so far from South Africa and for the South African military to conduct a uh, SADC peace mission where we are in essence the lead nation raises even more questions because it, it, it puts South Africa in the lead in conducting whatever they want to call that operation. I don't think it's really a peace mission anymore. I, I don't want to call it an, an intervention. I don't want to call it, um, you know, it's, a, it's difficult to digest precisely what kind of operation we are sitting with here. But let us be very frank about this. Um, from an operational perspective, it is an extremely difficult uh, operation to conduct, and for a variety of reasons, it's difficult for South Africa uh, to project forces over that uh, particular distance. Uh, the lack of infrastructure in Africa, I mean, we can't use a train uh, the trains for logistical support. We can't really use the road networks for logistical support. We 
are dependent on um, air, uh, the strategic airlift uh, to, to sustain the forces. And to sustain a force of that nature over such a long distance with strategic airlift, that requires quite a substantive amount of strategic airlift. Of course, that we don't have. We don't have uh, strategic airlift in, in the South African Air Force. Um, and so it raises operational questions and it raises a, quite a substantial amount of political uh, questions about our involvement. So what are they up against? They're supposed to neutralize, was it a main rebel group operating in the DRC, which the East Community Regional Force has not been able to contain for, what is it, 20 years? Yeah, we're sitting in essence with a complex emergency, if I can call it like that, with the the main agent at the moment, the M23 rebels. But the M23 Rebels is supported by uh, the Rwandese and a number of, of uh, countries within uh, the, the Great Lakes region. And so that makes it a very, very complex uh, situation. I mean, keep in mind that we are supposed to work with the Rwandese in, in resolving the issue in Mozambique, in the Mozambican uh, counterinsurgency uh, effort that we are involved in. So here we're sitting with a bit of what I want to call clash of interest between South Africa and Rwanda, yet we're working together with one another in, in Mozambique. So there's the potential, I think, and this has always been to some extent the, the reality of what unfolds in the Eastern DRC, that there are so many um, role players involved that it's very difficult to, to unpack the situation and understanding precisely who are the uh, the, the destabilizing uh, entity and who is supporting who. Uh, the, the reality is that there are so many or so much um, resources at play in the Eastern DRC and that uh, the, 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 there's for all practical purposes no governance the governance footprint from uh, from the government, the DRC government in the Eastern DRC. So it's in many way, uh, in many ways, uh, a sort of an an, uh, an ungoverned space where you have a whole range of actors that's trying to 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 take some form of control. But I think you know that brings us back to the fact that we are pulling a large contingent from the UN out of that area of operations, and uh, we are now going to replace that with about uh, five thousand uh, soldiers from SADC. That's South Africa, Malawi, and um, and then also Tanzania which leaves a whole range of questions hanging in the air from an operational perspective. You, you, just to, to begin with, in terms of the interoperability uh, between the forces of those countries, um, to what extent they are aligned, to what extent their logistics, um, simple things like the South Africans using uh, their main uh, R4 rifle is a 5.56 rifle. I, the, the the both uh, Malawi and um, Tanzania uh, um, yeah Tanzania using the 762 so it's it's a difficult sort of alignment that we are sitting with in terms of forces and eventually a, a contingent of 5,000 
I cannot see how, in terms of the force-to-space ratio, if you want to talk real nuts and bolts here, how the force-to-space ratio will allow uh, the SODIC force to, to, to be proactive, to, um, uh, you know, uh, eventually makes a, a, a st- and, and create some form of strategic effect. Um, if you talk about uh, problems with the logistical support, there's also problems in terms of air support. Um, how many helicopters uh, we will have uh, within uh, the area of operations? Will we have uh, close air support, perhaps by means of the Royfalk attack helicopters? That's not uh, operational in the region at the moment. So there's a there's there's many operational uh, challenges, I think. And you know, if you talk, start talking about medical support and logistical support, the moment you create some form of doubt in the minds of the soldiers on the ground, you're immediately sitting with a a, a problem of sustaining morale. If you cannot guarantee their medical evacuation, if something happens to them within a a, a relatively short period of time, uh, if you cannot provide them with close air support when they are in trouble, uh, when you cannot guarantee their logistics, uh, it, it eventually affects the morale of the troops on the ground. And of course, the willingness of, of troops to, to put themselves out and, and to, to do what must be done. With restricted budgets, what resources does the NDF have to undertake a peacekeeping role? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. I found it quite interesting when the president informed Parliament that it's going to cost uh, about 2 billion South African rand. But he was very explicit in his announcement that the expenditure will not impact provisions for the Defence Force's regular maintenance and emergency repairs. Now, that's interesting that he highlighted that specific reality, almost as if he wants to say this is the strategic problem we're sitting with in the Defence Force, but he's not telling us where that money is actually to come from. So let's work on the assumption then that that 2 billion rand is to come from the 50, more or less 50 billion rand that we have in our defence budget. And it is a defence budget that is already overstretched. It's a defence budget that is already raising questions as to uh, how they're sustaining uh, the size of the South African Defence Force with that kind of of defence budget. So um, it's going to create a lot of pressure within the South African uh, defence budget. Um, We need to keep in mind it's a defence budget that is uh, more or less, um, you know, covering a a small amount of operations, but the rest of it is almost uh, exclusively allocated to personnel expenditures, and that's been the problem in the South African defense budget for quite some time. And so, uh, you know, it it, it actually highlights um, the, 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 the depth of the problem we're sitting with, because there's very, very little money available um, in the defense budget that's allocated for operations. And if you then 
um, throw the the two billion that will be required uh, in the DRC into into that small pot of money, you will more or less drain it. Uh, there's also the um, the deployment in Mozambique that we need to sustain. It's also um, a, a battalion plus uh, plus the, the deployment. It's a relatively large deployment. And then, of course, there's quite a number of, of domestic deployments. The South African military over the last couple of years have become the stopgap um, security institution, uh, security uh, apparatus in South Africa, wherever uh, problems are flaming up, you know, they, they use the military. Um, so I don't see um, the the ability to maneuver within the defense budget to to make provision for this two billion rand. I, I'm sorry to say that. Well, I remember during the 2021 July riots, the SANDF was reported to have hired what was it regular civilian buses to get to KwaZulu Natal. I mean, how can they now afford a war far away from us? You know, the, the, there are serious uh, technological challenges in the South African military. I made the point the other day that our main logistical fleet, uh, the Sawmill uh, fleet of, of uh, trucks that, we, that the military uh, uses, was introduced in uh, 1981. Um, and you need to ask yourself the question, and they've, They've been through the border war, through the bush war, through the war in Angola, the operations in Lesotho, how many deployments. Um, how many of you are driving a vehicle that was registered in 1981? Um, our, our fleet of logistical vehicles is, is simply under, under pressure, and we, we will have to replace our, our fleet of logistical vehicles. That's just one of the problems that our military is sitting with, but it's a vital, vital problem. Um, you know, I, I, I made the point this morning about uh, the South African deployment of 2,900 uh, 2, um, soldiers. Um, on average, uh, I think NATO is working at the moment on a 6 to 1 tooth to tail ratio. Um, and, and that gives you, uh, let's say, um, out of the 2,900, uh, that gives you about 600 uh, deployable troops, uh, operational troops in the area. The rest are sort of support people, if you work on that principle. Um, unless the, the logistical support element is not included in the in the 2,900, but that's more or less the, the doctrine that most nations are working on is a one, one to five, one to six, tooth to tail ratio. So uh, this, this places the, the, the uh, force to, to space ratio in the, in the DRC um, even under a bigger spotlight uh, in terms of con the conduct of operations. And there's also lessons from the West. They often get involved in these kind of wars, and it takes them 20 years to extract themselves, and nothing good comes out of it. Yeah, well, this is, in a, in a way, what is happening with the the uh, UN mission at the moment. One, one don't want to say nothing happened, because in the process, they've probably provided a lot of protection to, to civilian refugees and have done a lot of good during the 20 years of deployment. Um, 
But you have to ask the question uh, as to the strategic effect they had in ending the conflict. Um, in fact, you know, very early, the, the South Africans dealt quite decisively with the M23 rebels. But in the last week, we have seen them all of a sudden returning uh, in numbers um, and shooting at South African aircraft in, in the DRC, shooting at South African helicopters, people being wounded. And in fact, in the last day or two, we've picked up uh, apparently there are South African casualties uh, in, in the DRC as well. So uh, all of a sudden, we, we're sitting with a, 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 a critical problem in the DRC, but that's a very important issue that you touch on, and that concerns the, 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 the exit strategy. Um, what, what is the South African exit strategy here? We have uh, an deployment that's approved by Parliament now for one year, um, but uh, what, what after that year? What is going to happen by the 15th of December this year? Are we going to to pull the forces out? Or what are we are we going to do? Uh, we, we don't see a, uh, an exit strategy here. I haven't uh, seen, I haven't heard people talking about an exit strategy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not cl- quite clear what will happen by 15 December this year, whether we're going to see another round of deployment for South Africa. Can I, as a last question, just go to the international stage where NATO has heard that the Republican presidential candidate, Donald Trump, says if a country doesn't pay its fees, he will ask Vladimir Putin to attack them or he won't defend them. So, I mean, what is your comment on that? It's an interesting situation we're sitting with uh, internationally. I, I, I think the bigger picture for me internationally is that we are increasingly seeing the kind of divide that we've seen in the 1930s uh, with uh, the, the democratic world on the one side and the uh, the autocratic world uh, on, on the other, and that there's uh, a growing tension uh, between these two worlds and there's clear uh, indication there's greater cooperation in my opinion uh, in the autocratic uh, world than in the democratic world in fact we are seeing um, and, and this is probably what's going to happen if uh, Donald Trump is elected as president in the United States it is quite clear in his expression as to uh, his relationship with uh, Euro- the European Union, uh, I think there's a yeah, there's a huge divide. That's a possibility for a divide between America and uh, and the European Union. And I think this is this is part of of Putin's plan. Um, this is perhaps part of why between Putin and uh, Iran. They have provided so much support to Hamas because Hamas is playing into this divide. Um, the American strategic interest uh, that is definitely more focused on support to Israel than on support to the Ukraine at the moment. For whilst Europe's focus is almost exclusively on Ukraine and not Israel, so we've already seen some form of a divide kicking in there. But one 
wonders to what extent that was a deliberate strategy from the side of the autocratic world. Yeah, also we're we're living in interesting times at the moment. Um, that I, I think the important reality for us, uh, whilst the there's greater cooperation in in the autocratic world, there's also a lot of economic pressures that's unfolding both in Russia and in China, and I think that is perhaps. Um, our saving grace at the moment, if you're sitting in the democratic uh, world, uh, that that two realities does not merge, and 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 there's a bit of tension between the political realities and the economic realities uh, in in that part of the world. Sure, there's so many flashpoints we can discuss Ukraine as well. Thank you so much, Professor Abel Esterhazen from the University of Stellenbosch. Thank you. Mm-hmm.